debts really do enslave us, whether it's an economic debt or if it's a debt of friendship or if it's a debt of uh, uh, that a, a debt that I've incurred by uh, by doing something wrong either before God or before uh, or in relationship to someone else in this world, their debts. Uh, they, these are things that, that require a price. Uh, sometimes the, the price is, is simply repentance. Other times it's, you know, in this world it's is, is heavy payback, right? But uh, with God there's, there, are, there are other options. In truth, uh, with, 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 with God, the payback was heavy indeed, but it was done for us. Um, Indeed, to, to, be, to be out of debt in, in, in all of its forms and all of its fashions is really to be set free. Amen? Amen. Now, um, you know what I've been telling you for the last few weeks as we're, we've been in Advent. Um, Christmas time is, for me, a wonderful time of, of joy. It's a time, if you... If you, if you, if you Understand what God is doing. It's it's always a time of hope. It's uh, and certainly celebration. We last Sunday was just wow. Okay, um, the 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 service was wonderful. The the videos, the music, all the children. Um, that was the culmination of a lot of, uh, of of not only work but heart work. Heart work. You know what I mean by the heart work? Uh, it, it when I was a, when I was a Navy chaplain sometimes. We did things because they had to be done every year. And sometimes I found in my younger years, I'd get so caught up in the mechanics of, of a Christmas play that, we, and that somehow the soul part was, was, was a little bit lean. You, you get my meaning there? One of the things that we've, we've, we've done and we've strived and we prayed for in these, in these past few years here is that that element has to be in in the, the Christmas program. And we called it a timeless, I, I, I guess I named it the timeless Christmas, um, mainly so that we would understand that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And that the things that he did in Galilee, the things that he did in Bethlehem, the things that he did in, in Jerusalem, he still does today in the lives of people. Okay, And Jesus does set people free. He sets the world free. He sets the world free and he begins some things one person at a time. You might say, I remember years ago uh, in, in the military, we, we tr- always tried to solve issues on the lowest possible level. What I mean by the lowest possible level, we don't involve more people than needed to be involved. Okay, And so that's how God changes the world. He changes the world one Soul, one person at a time, and everything else follows. Oh, we're we're wrestling and, and scratching about the the condition of our world, and we're looking at the at the you might say the mega picture, the big picture. But in reality is what we need to look is at the is at the picture of the soul, each and every one. You get a bunch of people living for God, then all these other things kind of take care of themselves. I believe that with all of my heart. Um. You know, uh, in the past few weeks, I've spoke to you uh, along the lines of why Jesus came. And it was, it was a series, Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to divide our families. Now, that was the one that we had to scratch our heads about but, uh, a little bit. But it made sense once we, we, we read it because well, we, we, we understood that not everybody's going to say yes to God. 
And inevitably, because of that, that causes some divisions in families, doesn't it? We understand that. Um, we, I also talked to you about that Jesus, I said Jesus came to open our eyes to love. What love was, really love, not, and that it, wasn't, that it wasn't the counterfeit things that we often ascribe as love in, in this world. Uh, that love is, that, that counterfeit love is, is really mostly self, self-motivated, self-driven, self-satisfying. True love, is, greater love is, 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 seen, is not seen in anything but this, that a man is willing to give up his life for his brother. That's love. That's love. That can be replicated in relationships of all kind. Husband, wife, children, moms, dads, all that. That's love. Emotion, sex, and all that other stuff are oftentimes simply manifestations of self and selfishness. What's in it for me? So when God, when God speaks of love, I, don't want to, I certainly don't want to step in the manger here. <laughs> That's the kind of love we're talking about today. Okay? Now it's two days, it's just a couple of days before Christmas, and families are gathering people, or, or I mean, coming to their destination. Some of you have already arrived, and we're so glad that you're here with us. Some are still on the road. But, and I'm reminded that 2,000 years ago, um, two, approximately 2,000 years ago when the scene took place that we're, we celebrate, the birth of Jesus, uh, people were traveling. Mary and Joseph were traveling. Wise men from the east were traveling. It was a, it was a crazy, crazy time. And as I look at the Christmas story it's, as it's recorded in Scripture, um, I take note that the first Christmas was a crisis-filled event. You've heard me speak of this before, and uh, but but I want to, I, I, you know, this whole idea. We want to, we we don't, we enjoy the peace, the picture of peace, the 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 baby in the manger, the cattle lowing, all of those things. We enjoy that. We sing about that, don't we? But it was it was really a, a time of of crisis. And I want to talk a little bit about that, uh, mainly because we live in both of those places. There are days, there are moments, there are times in our lives when, when everything is going just right. And, and some of you are wondering, I'm still waiting. <laughs> but, there, but the truth is, is life is filled with decisions and, and, and many and major crises, isn't it? I said goodbye to a friend. I, I called him on the phone uh, earlier in the month. He's been struggling 20 months with pancreatic cancer. He, he and I were, uh, we, we were neighbors, next door neighbors in, in California. He was my, as we call him, a skipper. He was my skipper. He was my commanding officer. And uh, we would run together. He, he and his family would attend the chapel. And, and uh, I got an email from his wife. I spoke to him on the 3rd of uh, of. Of December, I called him from from here at the office, um, and um, and his wife sent an email, and I got it very very early Thursday morning, and he lost his battle with pancreatic cancer, uh, and it, and I could do nothing but just weep because we prayed for Paul, as we pray for so many people, and God sometimes says yes, sometimes He says no, and it bums me out when He says no. It really does. When I want something really bad, it bums me out when God says no. But I do know this. 
I do trust this, even if I don't understand that, he's, that he knows the end from the beginning. And when we're standing next to him, all of those things will pass. I think that's what he means is that he will dry every tear. He will dry every tear from our eyes. And, I, and I, I've gotten off, I got a little off the, 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 the path here. Um, I'm reminded, though, that the first Christmas was, a, was, a, was, a, was an event filled with crisis. It was anything but peaceful for these people, for, for, uh, for, for Mary, for Joseph. And, and quite frankly, if you, if you look at the whole story, um, some pretty important decisions were made by these people, by this carpenter and by this young girl named Mary. And, the, and because they made the right decisions, and I'd, I'd like to say that they made the right decisions, our world has been impacted just amazingly. My life has been turned upside down and completely changed. Okay? I was at my high school reunion this summer, and, and many of those people who knew me back then just kind of looked at me askance because they weren't sure. They weren't sure. <laughs> The decisions that, that these, these two young people made, Mary and Joseph, were made in the context of religious bias. They were made in the context of accepted social behavior. In the context of family pressure, fear, and perhaps faith that few people understood. Okay? I, I want to talk to you about this Christmas story. I want to talk about Mary and Joseph. I want to talk about their crisis. I want to talk about the decisions they made in the midst of all this, these pressures and the implication of these, these decisions. Read with me the story. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and following. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and Joseph, her husband, being a religious man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, a virgin will be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. In Luke, the second chapter, we see a different aspect of the story, and perhaps even more. He says, now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of, of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. And Joseph 
also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to, Ju- to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the, and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same regions, there were some shepherds staying in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all people. For, in, for today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is a Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem, and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When, he had seen, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the, the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured these things in her heart and pondered them. Uh, the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it was told to them. Now, this was a scene of delight, a new family, a husband and wife, actually not even a husband and wife yet, betrothed. I suppose that in in those days meant way more than being betrothed, meant way more than being betrothed does today in terms of its permanence and, and, and the relationship. Um, so it meant so much that they could travel together and be together. Right? Um, we see cattle lowing. We see the manger, the Christ child, shepherds, the stars, angels everywhere, a heavenly light show. The drummer boy wasn't there. Okay? We have wise men from the east that come, in, come later on into the story. All of these things come together and form pictures that, that we put on our Christmas cards, don't they? We have them here. We have shepherd, or uh, we have the wise men following the star. We have the crutch, the, the manger scene, the shepherds, the star, a king is born. We have all of that, and, and we love this. I mean, we have these, these ideals and these, these pictures. Um. But there's, there's no doubt more to the story, and there always is more to the story, isn't there? There's always more to the story. And, and let's talk about the more. Life's filled with choices, isn't it? We make choices every day, okay? Now, most of us make choices, uh, and, you know, we, we make most of the choices that we make don't really have a whole lot of consequences. Now, I don't have to choose what color socks I wear in the morning because they're all black. Okay? No problem. Okay? But we have to make choices every day. And most of them have little consequence or very little consequence 
in our lives, right? What to wear, what to, how to drive uh, on our way to work, etc. And which store we'll shop in, those kind of things. What to eat. Uh, and in the long run, most, much, most of that stuff doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, but there are some choices that you and I make that do matter. And they matter loads. Some choices that you and I make have eternal consequences. Not only for us, but for the people around us. You know? Did you know that? Yeah? I remember Charles Barkley. Is it Charles Barkley? He's the basketball player. He said, I don't want to be a role model. And in, in, inside, I heard, when I heard that, I said, but you are anyway. It doesn't matter what you want. We don't grow through this life alone. And like it or not, you may not even know it, but there are people who are looking to you. And making decisions based upon their respect for you. Huh? Does that make sense? So the decisions that you and I make do have consequences. And some of them eternal. Not only for us, but for the people around us. Now, if we look at the crisis in the scripture, we find Mary, probably about 14 years old. If we, if we understand history, about 14 years old, loves God, goes to the local synagogue, does, get, receives the teaching, probably hits the doorpost on the way. I don't, I don't even know. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I don't know what she was doing, but an angel came and visited her. That would be uh, pretty amazing. Okay? Set you back on your, on your sandals just a little bit. Okay? To, to be visited by an angel. And if, if that wasn't enough, and, and some people have angelic visitors, or I, but there was a message here. And the, me, and the message was, you're going to have a child. And, and, and typical to a, to a young woman, look, I've not been, I don't know a man. How can I have a child? He said, we've got that covered. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Okay? And he began, it wasn't, it wasn't a long message. And, okay, and, and, and I don't know when it hit her, but it had to at some point, wait a second. This is going to mess some things up. This is going to change everything, okay? Have you ever, and, and you and I have had those experiences, where you've encountered God or you've encountered something that, that you thought, whoa, man, yeah. And then later on you start thinking, hmm, well, that's going to, if I do this, that's going to change this and this and this. My life is going to change radically. I'm not so sure I'm as happy as I was when it first happened, when, when, the, when this new opportunity came. And so, no doubt, she began to concern, and I don't know, it's not written, but these, people, these were people. These were people. We can kind of uh, wrap, wrap a, a medieval kind of an aura around them, but these were people. Okay? I mean, all you have to do is read the Bible and you find that these are people. David, even though he was the king of Israel, was a person with all the temptations and all the issues that every man has. 
Okay? So let's, let's just be real here. I'm expecting that this, this young woman had some concerns. This is going to change plans. What's, da- what's Joseph going to think? Uh, we had a plan. He and I had a plan. This is kind of going to mess things up. And at that critical point, there were some decisions to make. Yeah? Maybe I was seeing things. I was in some kind of religious something. And I didn't really see, and he didn't really say the things that he said he was. But yet, should I go forward? Decisions to make. Okay? She's pregnant. Well, I've got to face family. You've got to remember, the angel didn't visit mom and dad. The angels didn't visit the, the, the ladies hanging out by the well, all the ladies of the little village. They didn't, he didn't visit them and tell them, oh, by the way, don't be alarmed when, when you see a little pooch. You know? When, you know? I don't know if you could do that under the robes, but when you become aware, when you, you know, don't get alarmed because it's, it's just me. God, I'm just doing this. He didn't visit them and tell that. And as, she, and as it became apparent, it became more and more apparent that, the chi- that, that Mary was with child. You know it. This is real, right? And, and, uh, and Joseph became aware of it. And, and here's a cool, here's a really cool, here, this gives us a picture into how things really were. Okay, in, in, in Israel at that time. I mean, we understand, if you read the Bible, if you commit adultery, what could happen? They circle up on you with rocks. Right? right? Just, but that wasn't happening, was it? Nobody even talked about that. So, so well, and the scripture said Joseph, being a, being a kind of a, a caring man, a righteous man, and a compassionate man, says, you know, I'm just going to somehow work this out in a kind of a quiet way. He didn't understand what was going on. No doubt he had friends, said Joseph. <laughs> hey, you, you know, you, before the marriage, huh? And he says, Joseph says, no, not me. And then everybody kind of got silent and looked at each other. Okay, you get it? Isn't this real? And this is probably what happened because later on we find uh, Jesus is over 30 years old and he's doing ministry and they, they allow this guy who, they, yeah, we, we hear about Jesus making good. They bring him into the synagogue on the Sabbath and they say, hey, read. So he, and he, he picks up the book and begins to read. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he has anointed me and he's done all and the locals eventually, what did they do? They immediately went back. Isn't this Joseph's son? Mary's son? Uh-uh. Huh? Wink, wink, nod, nod. They were there. They know. They remember the stories. Because the angel didn't visit them. angel didn't clue them in. Now Mary, what could have she done? I don't know. I don't care where you live. There was probably some little lady in the, in the village that nobody talked about that could make this go away. Solve this problem for this young girl, right? Hey, remember the days before uh, the open abortions? There was always a doctor. There was always somebody, right? And that's not new. So she had a decision to make, didn't she? 
she had to make this in the face of fear. She's 14, about 14. In the face of stigma, in the face of opposition. Joseph, an unwanted revelation. He's a righteous, compassionate man. Thankfully, (laughs) the angel visited him too. I'm really happy that the angel visited him too. He said, don't be afraid to take her as your wife because that which has happened to her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, he had some decisions to make too in the face of the same stigma, the community concern and opposition. And, And, you know, we're looking back over this. You know, we got the whole story. We know. But Joseph doesn't. He says, what's, even though God said by the, through the angel, you, you know, this is of me. Where is this going to end? Well, we don't understand this. The, at best, they could pull together some understanding of what the Messiah would be like and all that. But they're like us. We, we look at the book of Revelation, can't figure what's going to happen first. You know? And we walk in faith. And sometimes we, do, we get it wrong, but we walk in faith anyway. His plan didn't include raising somebody else's child, but he submitted to that. And the implications of the decision. How about this? Here, this is pretty cool. They, they move forward not knowing, not really knowing or understanding the end from the beginning. It's a role of faith. You know, and, and can I just bring that to us in December of 2012? There's a whole lot of things that maybe God's not visited you by an angel, but he's given you his word. And you've sensed it. I mean, you've sat in these pews before and, and, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and has pulled you in and, and you knew you weren't living for God. Or that, that you were, you know, you're in, you're out. I mean, you're just kind of like a nominal, you know, getting close enough to God's fire to, to, to get, get a little toasty, but stepping away because you really don't want to change your life. But God keeps pressing. One of the reasons you won't move forward with that is because you don't know how it's going to end up. What's going to happen in you? What's going to be the next step? You know, what's God going to take from me next? What, what changes is he going to make? But you move forward in faith, believing that he will lead and guide you and that he's got you covered. Okay. And that's what Mary and Joseph did. And thankfully they did because we ended up with Jesus. And we ended up with a Savior. We ended up with the chains falling off our hearts when we trusted in him. <laughs> we ended up with a God who, you know, who baffled us when he went to the cross. He baffled his friends. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know how it all worked together because even though they had his word, they didn't get it. They didn't understand the lamb that, 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 that would take away the sins of the world. They didn't understand, even though they were familiar with, with the, the Levitical priesthood and, and how sacrifices for sin were made and all of those things. They, did, they didn't put it together. and I, I'm afraid that sometimes we don't either. But he delivered us. He saved us. We sang about that this morning. How about our crisis? What do you do when you're in crisis? 
I remember one time I saw a guy in crisis. We were worshiping. It was, this is North Carolina a long, long time ago. I still had more hair. And I was as young as some of, some of, some of these people over here, back there. And, and I remember uh, we were worshiping. And you know how those back doors swing open? Almost every church has those. They flop. Okay? I heard, bang! And somebody comes dashing through the back, running, you know? Today we'd be looking to see if he's got a gun, right? Huh? But no, he comes running through the back. And like, like he hit the altar. We're worshiping. That interesting thing, I saw that happen more than once while I was in that little church. Just somebody driving by. Crisis. But they knew what to do. They knew what to do. At least in that moment, he knew what to do. What do you do when... You're in crisis. Do you turn to God or do you simply, or do you turn against him? Can I say it that way? Yeah? Do we turn to him or do we turn against him? You know, turning, uh, turning away from him, sometimes we're just going to do it ourselves, kind of figure it out. And he says, no, this is not the way. Follow me. But Lord, I can't see the I can't see beyond the fog. I can't see. He says, follow me. What about the pressures? Now some of you have given your heart to Christ and your family just went ballistic. Isn't that a cult? You're going, you're there twice a week. It's got to be like, what happened to you? You went crazy. And talking to their friends, and my kid went religious, I don't know. Pressures. I remember my mother, I'll just share this. She's, she's gone now, but uh, I called home. I was a young, young Marine, and I called home and said, yeah, Mom, I gave my heart to Jesus. And there's silence on the other side. Yeah. You know? She said, well, what kind of church are you going to? Where did that happen? I told her. Now, she didn't say anything, but later she tells me, she confides me in, in the, confides in me her feelings at the time. She said, you know, when you, she called me Billy. <laughs> Moms can do that, right? <laughs> Joey, or Billy, or, or Bonnie, Deborah, what, you know, all kinds of, you know, the names that, that our parents uh, call us. And she said, Billy, when you first told me, I thought those holy rollers... They got a hold of my son, and when he gets home, I'm going to set him straight. And she told me later, she said, but the closer it came for you to, to, for your arrival at home, the less sure I was of what I was going to tell you. <laughs> Mom got saved. Dad got saved. And it was a crisis, okay? The role of internal and external pressures. God's going to change. This will change my life. God's work in me will change my life. Do I want it changed? My friends may walk away from me. My family, uh, may, they, they won't understand. Tell that to the Iranians who are turning to Jesus right now. 
But I understand the pressure because taking that step to follow the Savior, the, to, to, to acknowledge and to, to embrace Jesus, the one who, who came that we celebrate, he came to do away with sin and to, to make sure that you were covered. Changes everything. He changes everything. There's internal pressure. I don't know if I want my life changed. I want, I want, I seem to want what God is offering, but I'm not sure. And the family, friends, all the pressures. What will you do? There's a couple of things that we learn, we can learn from this passage and this story. God has a plan, and it's a good plan, even if we don't understand it all. Is that a, is that a good thing? Think about that. God has a plan for you even if you don't understand it and you can trust him. Even if you don't understand the end from the beginning, he has a plan for you. Could I say also that his plan for you is bigger bigger than anything you could imagine? It's a bigger plan. It's a better plan than you can imagine. Does it involve life change? Absolutely. I'm not asking you to change your life. I'm asking you to embrace a Savior who will change you. And He knows how to kind of move you through that. Does that make sense? We're not, you know, that's, that's one of the problems with when, when people look at Christianity, they're thinking, well, yeah, you know, how can I do all that? I can't just kind of be really... You know, God's not asking you to do that. He's asking to, you to embrace Jesus the one who came to die for you. Embrace him. Accept him as Savior. Does that make sense? To ask him to forgive you of your sins. Does that make sense? He died for you to take away your sins. Go to him. Confess who you are and your faults. And say, Jesus, come into my life. I accept you and embrace you as Savior. Uh, too often, we want to leap forward and say, what's that going to look like? Don't worry about that. God's going, to, God's, going to, God's going to take care of that. Yes, he will change you. Yes, those things will take place. But he knows how to speak to you. He knows how to work in your life. He knows how to do that. So let's not worry about the changes Let's worry about just receiving and accepting the gift that God gave us that first Christmas morning. Amen? His plan's bigger than ours. Could I say don't listen to anyone who's not listening to God? All those pressures. Don't listen to anybody who's not listening to God when it comes to these things. Could I say also that shortcuts are short-sighted and short on faith? And just embracing God and saying yes to him, I like this. It, it produces big life. You say, what in the world are you talking about, Pastor Big Life? There's a place called the Land of the Big Sky. Was that Montana? Montana. Big life is, is called zoe. That's a Greek word. Uh, it simply means an abundant, an abundant life. Now, some people have taken that word and, 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 and ran, run it and have run those things through a worldly filter. And so they come up with something called the prosperity gospel. God's going to make you rich and all that stuff, okay? That's not the gospel. Let's, let's look at it this. You can have all the goods of the world 
and still be miserable inside. You can have every base covered in this world. You can have your health and all the other things that, that, that you know, if you don't have your health, you know, that's right? You can have all of those things and still sense be unfulfilled. All of those things, everything that the world designs, everything that the world fights for and wars for and, and collects and heaps up in, in piles, you would have all of that and miss the, miss the gift that God has for you on Christmas today. A, a salvation, forgiveness of sins, no debt before God. No debt before God, because someone else paid it. Jesus paid it. Now how, you say, well, how do, you, how do I do this, Pastor? Do I have to come and shake your hand and join the church? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, he said, Let's, and, and I don't mean to insult anybody, he says, I want to make this so simple that even the youngest of us and the less intelligent of us won't miss it. That's what he said. He says, and he, and he said to a very, very learned man, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The, the Bible tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Everywhere I saw, I see Jesus as he walked through Galilee and through Jerusalem. It said that people not only believed, but followed him. There's more to just, okay, I'm I'm trailing along behind him in those words. I want to follow his life. I believe in him. I trust in him. I've asked him to forgive me my sins. Is that, that's not hard, is it? Then you'll begin a journey. When you've done that, when you've legitimately done that, then you begin a journey of faith that will probably be imperfect. But God's got you covered. Jesus has you covered. You'll find, you'll find fulfillment and joy and peace and a God who will not leave your side. Amen? Does that make sense? Stand with us. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. And I encourage you today, you know, Maybe this is what I need to do right now before we sing. Let us close our eyes and bow our heads. And if you're, it's two days before Christmas, and you know God's speaking to your heart, because there's something else that's going on inside of you now. Maybe a rapid heartbeat. I don't, I don't know, but God has a way of, of letting you know He knows who you are, and that He loves you. And he's calling you to accept him, Jesus, the Savior. Just make this prayer with me. as We'll do this all over this house. It's as simple as that. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept your gift of salvation, and I want to live for you all my life. Now lead me and guide me. I place my trust in you. If you've prayed that, if you've never prayed that before, or if it's been a long time since you worked with God, God heard that prayer. I've got some more instructions for you if, at, at the end of this service. You'll grab me in the, somewhere in, out there or here and just let me know the decision you've made and I'll have some additional instructions for you. But you've begun a journey Christmas was about. wasn't about the tree. wasn't about the, the ornaments. Even though we like those things, it was about 
what God has come to do for you in Christ Jesus. Amen.